Look at the person next to you. If you're sitting next to someone, say you look awesome this morning. If you're sitting by yourself, just tell yourself, say, I look awesome today. And uh, especially say to them, your mask is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, come on, just encourage one another. Uh, Your mask is amazing. Well, this morning we're starting a new series, and the title of the series is Renew. This series comes out of our time of fasting in September, where we really felt God inspire us and challenge us to put our faith out for us to renew, rebuild, and restore. We believe God wants to renew, rebuild, and restore our lives, our church, our community, our country. How many know we're coming out of a very difficult year, and we still don't know exactly how next year is going to look. And so we're going to start this morning on renew. And so let me just give you a little bit of an outline. You know, God's been just working this way with me recently, and when he gave me another acrostic, I'm like, oh my, not another one, Lord. Um, But it helps me to study and remember things, and I hope it'll do the same for you. So it's going to be an acrostic, and today we're doing the R, which is renew. Okay, we're going to speak about renewing uh, our faith and our lives today. The E stands for endeavor, which actually speaks about vision. It's quite a Quite a powerful word. We'll look at that next week. And then the N stands for never give up. How many know you're always in the game if you're serving God? And then the next E stands for enthusiasm. How you know God wants us to be passionate about serving and living for Him? And we're going to talk about enthusiasm. And then the W stands for win. How many know once you're winning, you've got to keep winning? And if you're not winning, then you've got to start winning. I, I love what. Uh, Jake White said, who was the ex-Springbuck coach, he's now the coach of the, um, yeah, sorry, I don't use that word in church because you're not allowed to swear, uh, he's the current coach of the, see, I can't say it. Anyway, he said this yesterday, he said, when you're losing, it becomes a habit that's difficult to break, but when you're winning, it also becomes a habit, and winning gives you momentum And it helps you to take bigger strides and stronger strides because it encourages you. So how many of you know God made us winners? Can you say amen? Say this to yourself. Say, I am a winner. Amen. So let's dig into the word today. Can I just quickly lay the platform though? This is actually Mandy's preaching weekend. And so what happened is she came Thursday night, she prepared such a powerful message. There was such an amazing anointing here on Thursday night. God's presence was actually tangible, and you can go watch it on YouTube. And uh, she preached a great message, and then Friday, she just got hit with this virus uh, of flu, and she's been flat cat since Friday night, uh, and she's still not better. And so yesterday, we started talking, okay, what if I'm not well enough to preach? I'm like, okay, you better send me your notes. (laughs) Welcome to that one. Um, (laughs) And so yesterday afternoon, I started sitting, going through Mandy's notes, and I was kind of really using my faith that she'd be well this morning, but she's not quite there. (laughs) So um, yeah, welcome to Mandy's message. I don't look like her. I don't sound like her. I can't walk like her, but how you know it's the same spirit. Amen. But this is Mandy's message, and I've, I've kind of tried to tailor it to suit Uh, my style of preaching, so I hope you get something out of it this morning. Turn with me to Psalm 51, and we'll start in verses 10, and we're talking about renew. Verse 10 says this, God 
Create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. Isn't it incredible when God renews us, It causes us to be restored, and when we're restored, we go tell other people what God's done in our lives, and it starts to bless them and minister to them. How you know God's always got a purpose and a vision for your life? That's why He wants to renew us right now. That's why He wants to restore us. That's why He wants to help us rebuild our lives. Why? So that we can go tell other people how good God is. Say, God is good this morning. So, the verb... For the word renew is this. This is what it means. To resume an activity after an interruption. To renew an activity after an interruption. The, the, the words similar to the word renew are to restart, to begin something again, to redo or to continue something and even make it better. God wants to renew us in this moment. Have you ever started a project or a task or doing something and you just get started and you're just in the rhythm and the zone and the flow and someone interrupts you? And it breaks your rhythm, it breaks your your flow of thinking or, or something happens and you get interrupted and you struggle to get back into where you left off. How many of you know that feels like this? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've stayed quite positive through this whole COVID-19 thing, and I've, I've enjoyed a lot of the aspects of it. You know, being alone, not have to go out. I've, I've, I believe that what, does, what happens sometimes when challenges come, they expose what's in you, what's already there, and then you've got to face that. And so for the, for the most part, I've been really positive, but I kind of felt disjointed, like... What am I doing? Where am I going? How, how am I going to do it? Where's the church going to go? What are we going to plan for next year? I mean, I had five trips planned to Africa this year. None of them happened. So you're like, do I try and do that next year? Or do I just pretend this year never? How many of you know what I'm saying? It's like we've been disrupted in the rhythm of what we're doing. And very often what happens in life, how many of you know, you never get back to that thing again. It, it gets packed away in the back of your cupboard or your garage or somewhere, and you know it's there, you know you need to pick it up, but it's like, ah, I'll get to it another day. I believe God wants you to restart, to begin again, to redo, and to even make it better than it was before. And so, in this moment... Perhaps you feel like that. Perhaps you, you started reading the instructions, but you got interrupted, and, and, and now you, you can't find that interest or that enthusiasm. You're like, where do I start? How am I going to do this? Because sometimes we're great starters, but we're bad finishers. And God wants us to finish what we start. God wants us to see it through to the end. And he wants to renew our passion this morning. He wants to renew our energy. He wants to say, come on, together we can do this. Together we can make it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's, it's our very relationship with God that needs to be renewed. 
Like David here in Psalm 51, his relationship had been disrupted because he allowed the wrong things into his life. And so he was walking away from God. And then the prophet came and said, David, what are you doing? And in that moment, he cried out. He said, Lord, create a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit in my life. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. The, The one translation in the message, it says, create a Genesis moment out of the chaos of my life. Wow. God wants to create a Genesis moment for us, a new beginning, a a fresh start out of the chaos that we might have been facing in our lives, you know? And sometimes it's when we're in that place where even our relationship with him might be strained or difficult, or sometimes it's not that, it's that we feel like, where's God in all this? And it's not that he's not there, it's that we can't locate him. We, we know he never leaves it, but, but where are you, Lord? And that's the time when you and I need to call out to God. We need to cry out. Listen to what Romans 10.13 says in the Passion Translation. It says, and it's true, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued and will experience new life. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone who calls on the Lord will be rescued. And so when we call on him, God will answer us. Because it's in that moment, in that prayer, that God will drop everything. And you know what? He comes and he interrupts our chaos. He interrupts the disruption with his grace, with his mercy, with with a fresh perspective, with a new challenge. Because he knows That with Christ in us, we can make it. The Holy Spirit will help us into God's presence. And it's in God's presence that our strength is renewed. You see, it's in God's presence. Whatever's happened to you that has stalled your life or stalled your vision or or stalled your, your relationship or stalled where you are today, now's not the time to quit. You know the truth about God? When God's with you, you are never out of the game. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give him praise today. You might have a setback, you might suffer another setback, and then another setback, but you are never out of the game, because with Jesus, you're always in the fight. Unlike sport, how you know with sport, you know, normally there's the round robin stage, and you earn points, and then if you get enough points, you go into the knockout. If you lose in the knockout, you're out. If you're playing golf and you don't get enough birdies, you're out. But in the game of life, you are never out. If Jesus is on your side, you always have another chance. You always have another opportunity. Hallelujah. And God is saying to us today, I'm for you and not against you. See, Satan works over time at destroying what God has planned for our lives. He wants to disrupt God's plan And he wants to accuse you. He wants to condemn you. He wants to put a wedge between you and God so that you would give up. Look at Revelations 12 and verse 10 again in the Passion Translation. It says, Then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, Now salvation and power are set in place, and the kingdom reign of our God and the ruling authority of his anointed one are established. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who relentlessly accused them day and night before God has now been defeated, cast out once and for all. 
You see, the devil puts a wedge between us and he gets us to think that we're not worthy, that we're not able, that we're not called, that we're not good enough, that we're not tall enough, we're too short, we're not old enough, we're too young, we're too old. And he puts a wedge between us and he gets us feeling discouraged like God is not on my side. But when life comes against you like that, when he sells that lie, you know, sometimes what happens is we start to judge ourselves. We, we start to say, yeah, oh, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done better there. We start to judge ourselves harshly. Or how many of you know sometimes he gets other people to judge us or criticize us or reject us? But I want you to know today, God is the judge. And you know what? He put his judgment on Jesus Christ so that it doesn't have to come on you and me. You're free today in the blood of Jesus. And that's why, number one today, if you want to be renewed, you've got to start with your mind. You've got to start by renewing your mind to the word of God. How many of you know when your word is renewed to the, when your mind, sorry, is renewed to the word, then listen, the word becomes the treasure in your heart that God ignites to renew your life. And the truth is nobody ever outgrows having to renew their mind. You can look, you can look at the greatest man or woman of God that has been serving God for 60 years, and if you'll talk to them, if you spend five minutes with them, you'll find out this. They still daily have to renew their minds to the Word of God. Why? Because your mind is not saved. And if you leave your mind the way it is, it'll just keep thinking, stinking thoughts. And if you want to be renewed, if you want to be refreshed, you've got to get rid of your stinking thinking. And the only way to do that is to keep renewing your mind to the word of God. Start changing your mind about how you think about things. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 is one of the key scriptures that speak about that. Again, I want to read it for you today out of the Passion Translation. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. It says, Beloved friends, what should be the proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights, all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Now he explains how you're going to do it. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. The New King James says this, by being renewed in your mind. Ephesians 4 says this, by being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Being renewed, be renovated, start thinking anew, start begin to, begin to think differently. So it says, by the total reformation of how you think, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. When you and I start to understand what the word says about our lives, 
we start to see through the spirit of grace, our eyes are open to all the possibilities and the promises of who God says you are and not who you really are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's awesome, marvelous creation. You have locked up inside of you some of the most incredible treasures and creativity and, out and breakthroughs in your life. And here's how you're going to unlock them. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be transformed. The word transformed uh, connects us with the, with the English word metanoina, which it's actually a Greek word, metanoina, which is the word we get our word metamorphosis. And how do you know what happens with metamorphosis? How do you know the worm, which crawls along the dust and the sand, is always in the, in the dirt. It goes in, it spins a cocoon. And how do you know in that transformation, it breaks out of the cocoon as a beautiful butterfly? Do you want to break out of your wormy? I'm not saying you're a worm. I'm just saying, do you want to break? William? I mean... Do you want to break out of your wormy life? Then you've got to spin a cocoon of God's word around the way you think and let the transformation take place so that you can come out as the beautiful butterfly God created you to be. My pastor always used to say this, if you don't have wings, you'll never fly. And the only way to get a set of wings for your life is to be renewed in your mind by the word of God. You see, that's why... Prayer is powerful. Spending time with Jesus, who is the living word, not only when you're in crisis, but even when you're doing well, even when you're winning, even more so, you need to keep your mind renewed. Because when your mind is renewed, then you'll stay fresh. When you stay fresh, your vision stays alive in front of you and your faith begins to arise and it starts to cause the word of God to become real in your life. So keep renewing your mind. You see, renewing indicates that we're moving forward, we're getting better than we were before. It's a journey. And how many of you know that's why Jesus came? Jesus came to bring the Old Testament to life again, to put life into God's covenant through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He removed the stain of sin permanently. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, sin was only covered by the blood of animals and of rituals, sufficient only till the next time you sinned. But in the New Covenant, how you know Jesus wiped sin out once and for all? You are forgiven, you are delivered, you are redeemed, you are greater because of who Jesus is in your life today. Come on, let's give him a good praise offering. God needed to renew His covenant. And so he did it by replacing the old with the new. He disrupted Satan's plan of destroying mankind by bringing Jesus who interrupted his plan and brought new life, new victory, and a new way to live. You see, he interrupted the world with Jesus. And he reestablishes a new law in the heart of man, turning our heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And now our conscience is softened 
And we can recognize where we're weak. We can recognize what God is doing in our lives. And we can allow the Holy Spirit to cause the Word of God to come alive in us. And when we do that, you know what? Step by step, we grow from glory to glory to glory. So it doesn't matter where your life is today. You always have a way out because Jesus renewed the way. And you know what? As if that wasn't enough, Jesus didn't stop there. How many of you know Jesus, when he left this earth, he left and he released the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to come and live in you and I. Listen, and the Bible says in Romans, he is the guarantee of our eternal redemption. (laughs) The guarantee. The Holy Spirit is living in you today so that you would never have to be alone. I was talking with a gentleman this week, and he said to me, Pastor, you know, you know what's happened to me since I've started coming to the church, and he's been coming for a bit of counseling, and we've been praying together. He said, you know what's happened? He said, I realized that God never leaves me. And it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what I'm facing in my life. He is with me. And he said, you know, that changed everything for me. I realized that with God, I can get the victory. With God, my life can improve. Can you say amen? And so God will renew us in that moment. And so we can start to move forward. You see, God loves you with a jealous love. He loves you so much that he gave his very best Jesus. And sometimes we've got to allow Jesus to interrupt our disruption to interrupt the chaos of our lives, and we've got to take a moment to allow him to speak to us, to minister to us, to to help us in the moment of our struggle. Because when we do that, our perspective starts to change. So here's some new ways to think and some things we need to understand about an enemy. Number one, remember the enemy creates chaos because he wants to disrupt your focus. He wants to take your focus off God and put it on your problems. Because when you put your focus on your problems, your problems get bigger. And when your problem's bigger than you, you're never going to solve them. But listen, if you keep your focus on God, God is bigger than your problems. And so when you keep your problems in the right focus, you're able to deal with them. Step by step, day by day, you can overcome. You see, we need to look closely at how the enemy works, and we need to stand and realize that God is for us, God is on our side, we need to stand for our families, we need to stand for righteousness, we need to stand for the things that God's word says are his will for our lives. And when we stand with God, we become a force to be reckoned with. Because you see, when you stand on God's word, you give God the opportunity working off. That's why we need to realize today, you're not fighting your spouse, you're not fighting your neighbor, you're not fighting the person down the street, you're fighting principality and power. Ephesians 6 says this, for the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God, for the bringing down of strongholds, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in the heavenly places. Can you say amen? Don't shout at your husband, go out into your closet and shout at the devil, bind him, cast him out, whatever you got to do. Praise Jesus. And you know when you do that, you'll be amazed 
how, it th- how things start to change. Because when you change the atmosphere, you change the outcome. Can you say amen? amen. All right, the second thing we've got to realize about the enemy is the enemy creates chaos because he doesn't just want to disrupt your focus, he wants to disrupt your vision. Because how many know vision gives me direction? Vision gives me a sense of where I'm going. I can get up today and I might not know everything I'm going to face, but if I have my vision in front of me, I know where I'm going. You see, last week we drove to Joburg, and because I had the vision of getting to Joburg, I knew which roads to take. When I woke up on Friday morning and we got into our car, how many you know we weren't in Joburg yet? But because I had the vision, I put, got in the car, we set out our, our direction, and we knew which roads to take and which roads not to take because the vision was in front of us. Vision keeps you on the right road to where you're going. And sometimes we get discouraged because how you know that trip can be long? Especially the last two hours, it feels like you started the trip all over again. But how many of you know, if you're on the right road, you know if you just keep going, you will get to your destination. And don't let the enemy steal the vision God placed in your life, placed in your heart. Don't let him steal it from you. God placed it there, and it is for a time. Don't be quiet. Amen? Write that vision down. Share it with those who are able to motivate you and help you. And number three, you know the third thing the enemy does? He wants to disrupt your hope. We looked at it a few weeks ago. The enemy comes and he steals hope from our lives. And he gets us to feel hopeless. He gets us to feel so overwhelmed that we actually think it will never get better. But how many of you know with God, it always gets better? If we keep our expectation alive, if we keep our hope in God, then I want you to know you will start to move forward. Your stagnant marriage will start to blossom. Your finances will start to turn. Your dreams will start coming to pass. But you've got to keep renewing your mind. You've got to keep your vision renewed. You've got to keep your dream in front of you. You've got to keep your hope alive. You see, disruptions will come. But God is able to interrupt your disruption. Go look, at the, go look how the church started in the book of Acts. Did you see, if you read the book of Acts, how many times the disciples had to go through tr- struggles? They got locked in prison. I mean, Stephen was stoned for preaching the gospel. He was the first martyr of the Bible. He was, he was literally killed because of preaching the gospel of Christ. And thank goodness for his sacrifice today. The word of God is still going forward. But here's a powerful story. Saul had released a note of agreement for them to stone Stephen. And he stood by while they stoned Stephen. He was being used of the enemy to disrupt God's plan. But how many of you know, a couple of chapters later, God interrupts Saul's life and knocks him off his horse and says, who do you think you're persecuting? And how many of you know, in a moment, Saul's life changed forever. God then took him away into, into the desert where he groomed him and prepared him and got him ready, and he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And how many of you know, when he came back out there, he was no longer Saul, he was the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, and he's responsible for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go to the Gentiles and to go all around the world. What is God preparing you for? 
What is God getting you ready for? You know what he's getting ready for you for? He's getting you ready for his vision, for his hope, for his purpose, for your life. Don't give up. God has something in your life that he wants you to accomplish. Amen. And maybe it's looking after a little child. Maybe it's building a marriage. Maybe it's taking care of your business. Maybe it's looking after someone in the church that's been, been allocated to you. Whatever it is, don't let the enemy steal your hope from you. Because God has got a purpose. God knows what he's doing. Can you say amen? He's preparing you and I. Look what Romans 8.28 says. Again, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. So here are a couple of things you and I can do. Number one, write this down. Stop speaking negative things over your life, over your destiny, over your family, and over your circumstance. Stop it. Just say this to yourself right now. Say, stop it. Oh, come on. You, you can do better than that. Say, stop it. Stop speaking negative things today. And here's what you can do. Here's three things you can do. Number one, start today to make a difference. Start today to renew your mind. Start today to speak life where you were previously speaking death. You know, I've discovered this. If you don't start, you'll never get there. And you know what? We keep putting it off. We keep putting it off. No, tomorrow I'll do it. No, next week I'll do it. No, I'll get to it. No, start today. Here's just a little example. Yesterday, when, when I got home, I'd been out in the morning doing some stuff, and Manny and I sat, and we were like, okay, we better start preparing as if you're not going to be ready to preach. So I said to Manny, would you email me your notes so that I can start looking at them? And um, she sent me the email. It took 14 hours to come through. It was so long. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. It wasn't that long. But here's the thing, Mandy and I are completely different people. She's got a different personality, she's got a different style, she does things completely different, and when I open her notes, I'm like, oh Lord, you better heal her quickly. Because I'm very structured, I'm very, you know, I have three points, and then I have five scriptures, and I bring this in this, and everything must make sense, and everything must be lined up. Mandy just writes, and I'm like, huh? And there's nothing wrong. When she gets up, the anointing's there. She preaches. It's incredible. Uh, That in itself is a miracle. (laughs) From my perspective, okay? (laughs) Let's not put this recording up. Because we're different. So when I looked at it, I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make her message still have the heart, but I'm preaching it? And so I sat there, and you know what I realized? I just have to start. So I started looking at it. I copied and pasted, and I started to take this out, put that in. Okay. And so after about an hour, I'm like, okay, there's something here. But it was still rather abstract and overwhelming, and I just put it down. I went and had some lunch, and I sat and watched a bit of sport, and then I was like, okay, let me go and sit down again. And the second time I went, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to catch the heart of the message and and where Manny was going. I started to pick it up. But here's the thing. I had to start. I could have sat there the whole day thinking, oh, what are we going to do? Gone to Manny, Manny, what are you doing? No, just start. Just say this to yourself. Just start. 
I know it sounds so simplistic, but it is powerful. Because when you start, God will start working with you. And you know what I've discovered? Start with what you have. Do you know that God wants to use your life to win others for Christ? 1 Corinthians 9.19, that's the mission statement of our church. A servant to all that we might win them all. And so sometimes, you see, we're trusting God for the spiritual, but we're missing the natural. What did God say to Moses after he had been in the backside of the desert for 40 years? And he said, Moses, go set my people free. And Moses says, I can't do it. How am I going to do it? What am I going to use? And God said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? And God wants to ask you and I today, what do you have in your hand? Start with what you have. Most people get discouraged because of what they don't have. And they're like, when I get that, I'm going to start doing this. When that happens, I'll start doing that. No, start today with what you have. And you'll be amazed. When you work with what's in your hands, God will bring what's in your heart to pass. Can you say amen? All right, so number two, the second thing is this. Forget about yesterday. Start today, but forget about yesterday. Listen. Yesterday is past. You cannot change it, and it cannot change anything today. You've got to forget about it. In Isaiah 43, it's a scripture God gave our church in 2018. In verse 18, it says, remember not the former things. We've got to to forget about the past, listen, in this sense of letting it affect our present. And the, the truth is this. Not just the negative things. You've got to forget the good things. Because some of us are still living in 2016 when something good happened. And we're like, oh, if only that could happen again. Forget it. God has got something better for you now. And sometimes the thing that's stopping us from starting is the thing that's holding us back from yesterday. Yesterday's dead and buried. Start today. And so we've got, to, we've got to forget about the negatives. We've got to forget about the good things and start building today. Because verse 19 says this, Look, I'm doing something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and I'll make rivers in the desert. Will you not see it? You see, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. But you have to start, and you have to start by forgetting what's behind you. And as you start moving forward, God will start doing things. God will use the, God will use the disruptions of your life, and he'll interrupt them, and he'll challenge you. And out of that interruption, something good will start to birth. Something powerful will start to come out of it. And you'll get a resolve and a strength. And you know what? That will equip you for what's tomorrow. And so here's the third thing you've got to do. Or the third thing you can do is number three, you've got to get excited about tomorrow. Amen? 
Get excited about tomorrow. What is that? Start having a hope. You know, some of us live and we're dreading tomorrow. No, stop letting the enemy dictate the narrative of your life. Start saying, you know what? I've got some challenges. I've got some mountains to climb. I've got some difficult things to do. But with God on my side, I can do it. Something good is going to happen in my life tomorrow. Something good is going to happen the next day. Something good is going to happen before the end of the year. Something good is going to happen next year. I'm not going to stop believing that God has got something good in store for us. Can you say amen? And you see, when hope comes alive, your faith has something to work with. Don't let the devil steal your hope. Let hope start to create the opportunity for you to resume, to restart, to renew, and start believing in this moment that whatever that, whatever that interruption was, whatever that disruption from the enemy was, you're going to turn it around and let it be a moment where you change your perspective and you start to renew, reset, redo, restore, redirect, rebuild, but get busy. Because when you start, when you forget about your past, and when you get excited about the future, God in that moment will renew you and give you the energy. Look what Isaiah 40, 29 says. He gives strength to the faint, and he strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary. Young men may stumble and fall. But those who trust the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. God's called you and I to be eagles. And you know something? There's one bird that is not scared to attack an eagle. And you know what it is? A crow. And you know what the crow does? The crow goes and sits on the back of the eagle and it pecks at its neck. To try, and, to try and weigh it down and get it down. And you know what the eagle does? Nothing. You know what he does? He opens his wings, he starts to flap, and he starts to fly. And what he does is he goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And you know what? The crow can no longer hold on. The crow can no longer take that height and can no longer breathe. And guess what? It falls off. Stop letting the crows peck at your life. Rise up with wings like eagle and start flying into the skies of the spirit, the skies of the word, and allow God to take over. Can you say amen? All the crows do is they peck at all those things in our lives and they try and highlight things that aren't even real. We're going to rise up, amen, with wings like eagles. Allow God, allow God to be your father. And allow Jesus to be your shepherd. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to read Psalm 23 as we close this morning. He, it's in the CSB translation, it says, He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger, for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. It's time to renew, to renew your relationship with God, to renew your relationship with people, to renew your relationship with your finances, to renew the relationship you have with yourself. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, 
you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today's your day to become renewed by being born again and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, you once served God, but you're backslidden. You're out of fellowship with God and you want to come back to him today. Right where you are. If you're sitting there and you say, that's me today. I want to make Christ the Lord of my life. Listen, going to church does not make you a Christian. You've got to accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. You've got to confess him. Jesus said this, confess me before men and I'll confess you before the Father. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if that's you today, no one looking around, this is between you and God, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me today. I want to be born again. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to serve God, but I know I'm not walking where I need to be. And I want to renew my relationship with him. Just raise your hand. Let's all pray out loud together. Say, Father God, I believe today Jesus is your son that he died for my sin and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. I acknowledge and accept and confess Jesus Christ is Lord and I thank you for saving me today. Amen. Amen. Would you quietly stand together and let's just stay in an attitude of prayer. I want to pray over you and for you today. Father, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for your light, for your love for your power in their lives. And I speak a blessing over every single person. I thank you right now in this moment. You're renewing us. You're refreshing us. You're strengthening us by your spirit in the inner man. And I thank you for your love, for your grace that is working in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen.